you guys know that I like weightlifting, right? Mm-hmm. Like yes. we've talked about this Because before. you'll be weightlifting while we're having meetings and you're <laughs> huffing and puffing during meetings. And I'm like, um, Touche, Nick. I Over. hope you're weightlifting, Jason. <laughs> yes. Because we all it sounds really weird. Jason, <laughs> I do. Because we have meetings when you're in the gym. <laughs> I know you don't like that, and I apologize. No, it's no, not it's, that I don't like it's it. It's kind of funny. I freaking hate it. <laughs> I hate it so much. I told you, don't ever do it again. Welcome to Making Chips. We believe that manufacturing is challenging, but if you are connected to a community of leaders, you can elevate your skills, solve your problems, and grow your business. I'm your host, Jason Zenger, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Nick Goldner and Jim Carr. Hey. How y'all doing? Good. Need a glass of wine. We're almost there, buddy. (laughs) There's one coming. So speaking of wine and champagne, how's your 2022 started for you guys yet? Good. I made it up till 11.22. 2 p.m. before I called. You made it later than me. Yeah. I didn't make it. We're so lame. Yeah. yeah. I was so about 9.30. Oh, yeah. I, typically, that's what I do, but I, I couldn't believe it. My daughter stopped by and had the dog. And so, yeah, it was it was a good night. It was a good New Year's Eve. We were all excited. We were going to put the kids to bed and then like hang out. And, and you fell asleep. Yeah, we put the kids to bed. We hung out a little bit, but we did not make it to the ball was dropping. No. So, so it's Nick, very you, hard. You shared some discouraging news about how your 2022 started via text message. Yeah. Well, I was kind of ranting. And that's what we're here for. As your friend, we're here for you to vent and rant too. Yeah. So I was on a little bit of a text rant with you guys. My first big meeting back from 2022, we have our executive staff meeting, our senior leadership team meeting, and I find out these things. So my website was down for a few hours. That's not good. Which no. you, we get a lot of But the of good traffic. news is it was only down for a few hours and it yeah. was back up again. Yeah. And you know what the good news was is it wasn't at prime time either. You know what I mean? Right, exactly. So that was just kind of like a bunch of emails all at once. The head of our most important division at AME, our grinding room, where we're actually doing a lot of really high-end machines. A manufacturing guy, a shop floor yeah, guy. Yeah, the supervisor had COVID and couldn't come to work. My brother's wife had COVID, so our, the president of Hennig couldn't come to work. Oh, that's right. When you wrote that, I'm like, I was trying to figure out what you were trying to say. And that's what I thought. But now thank you for clarifying. Yeah. So my older brother's the president of Hennig and he's yeah. like ready to get no. back into it after a long no, break. Not and if his wife's got COVID. Yeah. You're it's all like, geared up and ready that to go. sucks. Our purchasing guy at AME has got a great offer from another company that he's taking. Everything's amicable, but it sucks. So it's a guy we have to replace. And we had a 30 year veteran expediter who's like, hey guys, I'm going to retire soon. Yeah. And you know what? Welcome to 2022. (laughs) I want to talk about those last two most importantly. But Jim, you said something to me the other day, which I thought was very interesting. And you said to me, I can't do this forever. And you were talking about your impending slowdown or retirement. You were like five years. Well, you said put a number on it. And that was the first thing that I came out of. You said put a number on it. You said I can't do this forever. And then I was like, well, what is that number? Right, right. Is it illegal to ask that? Jim, how old are you? (laughs) <laughs> I would rather not say. I think, but, I think it's illegal to ask, right? I think it is, yes. I mean, technically, we're employees, right? Yes, we are. <laughs> no, we're not, actually. I, oh, wait, no, we're not. So, <laughs> What difference does it make? No, it doesn't matter. But you can't say, hey, when are you going to retire to an but employee? But I've already changed my thoughts already, and I'm going to go longer than I thought. I think you should. I yeah. mean, like, I have zero plans to retire. Yeah. But there's a lot of people out there that do want to retire. There's a lot of people that are working for your company probably more your company, Nick, that are like, I want to retire. 
I don't see myself doing this forever and yeah. I have other things that I want to do. And that's happening on a massive scale right now. I think the tapering manufacturing. off yeah, like I, I see myself tapering off like full yes. time. Well, I'm probably over full time right now. It's that stage in my life. Then, you know, full time, then maybe part time and maybe like, hey, call me. I can do some consulting, whatever. Right. But yeah, just retiring. That's tough. Yeah. And, but there's a lot of people that do it. I mean, my dad did it and I was really surprised. He kind of tapered back, but then he's back into it. Uh, not really. Oh, he's no, not. He's helping okay. us find a new building. That's about it. Oh, He's not really okay. doing much else. I thought he was doing that. sales in Wisconsin. He said he was going to, but he never did. Okay. But anyway, I mean, this kind of thing is happening on a massive scale where people are moving. There was the whole talk of the great resignation. People are moving from job to job. People are retiring and it's a big deal. And I believe that this year is the year, and I said this to you guys in a text message where, you know, I'm going to double down on people and our culture. I want to double down on investing in my people, in showing them that I care about them, and making sure that they understand that there's a place here for them. And I think that that's going to become more and more important in the years to come, especially this year, though. Sure. I get it. Totally so agree. One of the things this kind of like inspired me, but you guys know that I like weightlifting, right? Mm-hmm. Like yes. we've talked about this. Because before. you'll be weightlifting while we're having meetings and you're <laughs> huffing and puffing during meetings. And I'm like, um, Touche, Nick. I Walker. hope you're weightlifting, Jason. <laughs> yes. Because we all it sounds really weird. It, Jason. <laughs> I do. Because we have meetings when you're in the gym. <laughs> I know you don't like that, and I apologize. No, it's no, not it's, that I don't like it's it. It's kind of I funny. I freaking hate it. <laughs> I hate it so much I told you don't ever do it again. It doesn't bother me as much as it bothers no, Jim. But the the sound of it, if yeah. I don't know it's if terrible. you're weightlifting, it's just it's what the heck is going on. <laughs> it's quite frankly, it's a little distracting no yeah. it's worse than well that. sometimes you call it's me- rude sometimes you yeah but it's not rude because you call meetings or want to have conversations when i otherwise have plans so, so yes, anyway i know you love weightlifting <laughs> so <laughs> now the metalworking nation knows the truth one of the other things that i fell in love with during the pandemic because i couldn't go to the gym was doing pilates so yeah i, I don't know if you guys good. are familiar it's very good so one of the things about pilates is This is only one aspect of it. So Pilates works when you're in the gym and you're weightlifting, you're doing like your curls or you're doing your bench presses, you're hitting like those major muscles. You're hitting those top muscles, the ones that are the most prevalent, the ones that you could see. The glamour muscles. The glamour muscles. There you go. But when you're doing Pilates, I have a trainer for Pilates. I don't even have like a regular weightlifting trainer. Julie is my trainer. And you're hitting the muscles below the muscles. So there's all these like smaller, harder to find muscles that are below your regular muscles. And one of the things that I really believe is that your culture is like, you can have your strategy and you can have a lot of those like outward facing things, the things that people see. But I really believe, and we've talked about this a lot on Making Chips, is that your culture is kind of like the muscle below the muscle. It's those things that you don't see, but it makes, to me, a bigger difference than anything else. Like You could be the smartest guy in the world and have a great idea. And if you don't know how to cultivate relationships with your people and develop a good culture, you better either hire somebody that does or you better figure out yeah. how to do it. And I think you can have a really great culture. like, And if you just have a bad business model, you're in trouble too. Yeah. But I would say if you're in a business and you have a good culture, you're probably more likely to be successful than, um, than the opposite. Well, then, yeah. If you have a bad culture, you're less likely to be successful. Yeah. It's kind of like ideas aren't worth anything. It's the execution sure. of those ideas. Totally agree with that statement. So... 
I want to talk about in this episode just how to double down some like simple tactics, how to double down on your people and your culture in 2022. We've all felt what it's like to have somebody resign from your company. I've never had like a senior leader resign from my company. So I've never had that void. But I believe that just taking some simple steps in order to show people that you care about them is going to be vitally important this year. So I want to talk about just some simple tips to be able to do that. But before we go there, tell me something good that's going on with you guys. Some good news. Always like to well, do a positive kickoff. I yeah, think that's important yeah. to know. It's good for the culture. It's yeah, good for so the culture. We talked about goals. We talked about forecasting. We, I've got my goals in place. Everything's solid. So we're like in the year. The wheels are turning. And I'm really excited about this offsite that I mentioned where my whole team is going out of the country for a week. We're having three big strategic meetings. And the rest of it's just culture building and team building. And a couple of us are probably going to do a little fishing charter and so I'm thinking that's going to be cool. You're going to create memories amongst your teammates. Yeah, I think that's going to be really good. Yeah. But as we talked about in the previous episode, I don't know if it was the last one or the one before, it could go wrong. Like it could be all fun and no real tangible business success mm-hmm. in the meeting. So I have to be careful. Or it could be like, this is why I even go offsite because this is just all work. So I got to try to walk that balance and make sure it's productive. But I'm confident that we're going to be able to do that. Great. Cool. Awesome. How about you, Jim? This is just something small and simple, but yesterday was a holiday and Ryan and I went in and after we did, we got a lot done yesterday and I was driving home and he was going home and he said, he sent me a text and he said, just quickly, I really enjoyed the day. I think you and me need to have more high level meetings like this in the mornings in the new year. And I said, I totally agree with that. Let's do it. Nice. So it was healthy for me to hear that because it was effective. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you're in a family business. So that's your son. That's my son. And you're productive together. I know. Like it was, it was really awesome. good. And you know what? He was helping me on the ERP system yesterday. Man, he taught me so much. I yeah. couldn't believe it. I talked to you briefly and I said, oh my God, he just taught me all these cool things on that. Well, let's ERP talk real system. quick about that for a second. So yeah. you obviously use ProShop. They're a yeah. sponsor of the show. We, yeah. we love them. And I'm not trying to, you know... This is legit stuff. Yeah, I want to hear about it. So like, what are some of the new things that were, are unlocked by what you talked about? With oh, Ryan? just quickly. So like, just to, like an order processing, like I do all the estimating and then we get the PO and then it converts over to PO and then I enter in the PO and then I pass it along to him and he does the work order and then he does the part level. And then we have a whole process of ways to do it. But he was showed, there was like seven items on this thing. He showed me how to quickly do an auto work order number. I mean, it saved like 30 minutes. 30 minutes on one? 30 minutes on one purchase order just by showing me how to do this. Or just a way to upload quickly the PDFs and the step files into the cloud under the part level. Even some quick keys he taught me, like, you know what control W is or control... I don't know. But if you think about time, time is money, oh right? Oh my God. Yeah. Sounds like you've saved at least a person. It was awesome. It was really awesome. What's cool about ProShop is they're constantly innovating, constantly adding features, constantly figuring out ways to take manual stuff and make it more automatic. Honestly, it took my breath away. I was like, whoa, That's I can't great. believe that how fast. So where know, does I the- go back to old school days when we had to do all this manually. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So where does the Metalworking Nation go to find out more about ProShop ERP? ProShopERP.com. Super easy. Tell Paul I sent you. <laughs> you sound like a radio shock jock right yeah. now. <laughs> Tell him Jim Carr sent you. Yes. So that was my little aha moment yesterday. Anyway, Jason, back to the episode. I just had to hear that because I don't think we utilize half the tools that we should in our business system. So I just wanted to hear that. But go ahead. Oh my God. No way. No way. Yeah. 
I would say, I guess for me, we're having like our quote unquote holiday or Christmas party in a couple of weeks. And it's gonna be nice. We're going to a, you know how they have like Top Golf and they have, you know, it's like a nice place to go golfing and you can have drinks, yeah, yeah, appetizers yeah. and stuff like that. Well, there's a mini golf equivalent to that. No way. Um, yeah. And so we're going there for like our holiday party. So where like, is it? What's it called? Putt Shack. It's and it's nearby? Shack. It's, yeah, it's not very far. I think it's in Oak Brook, wow. uh, Illinois. And so the Zengers team, they like to do things. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like some of our great memories as a company have been when we went like paintballing together. So we're going to go, we're going to do mini golf and, you know, you have drinks and dinner. We go bowling together. The black team, they like to do just the dinners and sure. like more socialize. So we like to do what people are comfortable with doing. Yeah, so, um, so it's going to be fun. We're going to go to the putt shack. We're going to have a good time together. So and be a little competitive. I want to get to the episode, but I have to tell this story. So we went to paintball for my bachelor party. Mm-hmm. And oh, they fun. Made me I love the... paintball. I have my own gun. Yeah. And so, my own so do I. Like my, my older brother was way into it. So they had me do the bachelor run, which is mm-hmm. like... No pads, just a mask. Oh no! And gosh. I have to go. Like that hurts. Twenty yards in your underwear. Twenty yards away. I was able to wear clothes. Thank God. I had to go twenty yards away and just run for a hundred yard dash. And everyone had who was in my bachelor party had semi automatic. Pop 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 pop. Oh my god! And gosh. I had like twenty seven welts on the side. Oh, of my for body. sure. I know. <laughs> it was horrible. I've, I've, I've actually those... never even heard of that, but that's pretty funny. <laughs> that funny. is funny, but so, that hurts. I agreed to do it because I was like, "What the heck? It's my bachelor party. I got to do this for these guys." So. Nice. <laughs> you want to know what happened on my bachelor party? Probably yes. not. Yes. My best man had it. We went and I walked in. All these guys are there that I know. And everyone's like, do a shot, do a shot, do a shot. Within 30 minutes, I was on the bathroom floor and out. 30 minutes. <laughs> Sounds like a good time. <laughs> that was it. Everyone else had fun but me. Awesome. I mean, I just can't do shots. So <laughs> uh, there's story. a lesson. Seriously, that is not a lie. 33 years ago. Oh my goodness. Okay, so let's hear let's yeah, hear how to build culture. a better culture than so that. So again, <laughs> again, what we want to talk about is just some simple tactics that you can implement literally tomorrow. Okay. You know, cool. these are things that you could do right away very easily in order to show people your care and to cultivate that good culture. Sure. Work on the muscle below the muscle. Cool. Okay. So the first one is fight for individuals that you care about. So inevitably, like you shared, Nick, somebody's gonna come to you and they're gonna say, I'm being recruited for this position. Well, you have a choice to make. You can say, shake their hand, say, it was a pleasure working with you. See you later. Or you could say, I want you to stay. You need to talk to me about, is this a culture thing? Or is this a money thing? Or is this something else? If it's the second one, if it's the money thing or the compensation thing, or they let me work from home or things that you're not willing to adjust on, which is the case with this employee. It's just a hey, shake your hand and let them go. You know? But you need to have the conversation. If there's somebody that you want to keep and that you care about, you need to have those conversations. And you need to at least enter into them and find out the details because maybe there's something about your compensation or your benefits that you need to change too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we have an example of where an employee tried to kind of like strong on my dad a long time ago and say, hey, you know, I'm being recruited. They want this. And my dad just said, okay, see ya. Yeah. Because <laughs> this guy was not good for the company. Anyway. Right. Exactly. And the guy was blown away. He was like, wait, That's it? And he's like, yeah, I accept your resignation. (laughs) Supply chain is a big deal right now. Oh my God, it's awful. It's hard to get parts. It's hard to get machines. What is going on in your world right now with supply chain, Jim? Well, a supply chain, I can get cutting tools, thank God, from Zangers, but I'm having a really hard time getting materials. That seems to be like a huge problem right now. Well, quite frankly, in the 41 years in business, I've never seen it so crazy. But it's about three times longer than it used to be right now to get material. You know, I think our partner Zometry has a solution for that, don't they? Absolutely. And I was going to get to that, Jason. 
I just got an email the other day from somebody that I know at Zometry, and they're promoting their new supplies partnership that they have. And they are offering people like myself that own machine shops, you can buy your raw material. Let's say you've got $100,000 in aluminum that you need to buy. You can buy it from Zometry. They will hold it for you at that cost. And then all I got to do is call and say, hey, man, can you ship 25% of that to me? And then it sits on my floor. And then I have 90 days, same as cash, to pay for that. So I'm pulling my inventory from Zometry. It's not scattered all over the shop floor. And it sounds like an awesome thing. It's basically like a Kanban system. What is a Kanban? I've heard that many, many times. You just described it. Is that exactly what it is? instead of you being stuck with all the inventory right now, you trigger the shipment when you need it. Well, it sounds like a fantastic idea. I know I've talked to Ryan about it already. We're ready to call Zometry next week and give them an order or at least get an RFQ for some big aluminum orders we have coming up. And as a matter of fact, you, the Metalworking Nation, can try too. And Jason, what's that landing page number? So you go to Zometry, X-O-M-E-T-R-Y dot com slash making chips and you get 10% off. Sounds great. Awesome. Okay. Number two, you should know and understand the personal lives of all oh, of your yeah, employees, sure. I believe. For a small company, you should really know, you know, are they married? Do they have kids? Oh, yeah. I was of kind of taken aback. So I'm a part of a mastermind that meets on a monthly basis. And one of the guys was really struggling with culture. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that kind of came out of the conversation that I had with him was he has more people on his team than I do. So I've got like 35 people. He has 50. So not significantly more. Mm-hmm. But he said he doesn't even know everybody's name. I'm like, you don't know everybody's name? That's wild. I'm like, well, that might be part of your That's a good place to start. That's a good place to start. Exactly. Like, you should know their names. I mean, there's a certain point at which you probably can't. Like, you don't know every single person at your company. No, I don't. But I try, like, when I see a new face, I always try to like, hey, what's up? And like, talk to them and not really tell them who I am right away. If it comes up naturally, but just like, hey, I'm Nick. Right. Like, not, hey, I'm Nick, you know, one of the family members who runs this place or whatever. Like, yeah. just, hey, I'm Nick. Blah, blah, like, just get him to be whatever. Right. And then they can find out. They call me the there. SOB. Yeah. <laughs> 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 sure. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. And one of the things that I do every single morning without fail when I'm working here in the office is I'm going to go around and say hi to everybody. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Because this particular individual, one of the other things that he shared with me was, well, when I get in the office, I just go in my office. I'm like, you don't say hi to anybody? Well, if I pass them by. Like I go in the office, I say hi to every single person here. Yeah. And if there's somebody that's not here because they're not working in the office, I probably send them a text. You know? Yeah. I it. mean, I think it's important. I mean, you need to ask them how they're doing and you need to look in their eyes and say, how are you doing? And yeah. if you could see that there's something bothering them, like try to investigate, try to ask questions. We're, an additional tip to support that is work that into your timing. Because a lot of times you yes. get there because you have a meeting that starts at eight or whatever. You get there at 7.55. And so, how often do you do that? Every day I come in the office. I'm in the office three days a week. Okay. I was so, just curious about that. I mean, I'm in here two days a week and then I go to the Indiana office one day a week. Okay. So yeah, every single day I'm asking everybody how they're doing and genuinely like wanting to know. And yeah, you know, no, it's maybe bad. I, just, I just needed to know how often yeah. you're doing that every day, you know, just, mm-hmm. but you're not in the office every day, three days a week, but you're in this office two days a week, here two days and, and then one, the other office one day. So it's only one day a week at black. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'm just being the devil's advocate. No, 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 no. It's a good question. You're making me or maybe the metalworking nation feel that they're doing something wrong, but they might think you're in the office five days a week and you've got this great culture. So put it in context. 
Yeah. Okay. So like yeah. you make an appearance at all of your yeah. locations and say yeah. hi to everyone every yeah. day. That's not what you're saying. Right. Well, that wouldn't be possible because that's not what you do. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Because when you say that, people don't understand the context. People don't understand your schedule. So let me think about it from your perspective. Let's just say one day a week at each company, you say hi to everybody. I, well, I just said, yeah, the day that I'm in the office. Right. Okay. I will say and I will greet and have a very short conversation with everybody. Okay. I'm glad we got some clarity on that because I'm thinking, oh my God. And I would say on the days that I'm not in the office, yeah. I'll probably share text messages with a lot of those individuals. Right. Yeah. We're G-chatting all yeah. day long. So I would say yeah. for you, Jim, I mean, somebody that's got a gigantic shop like Nick's, you couldn't possibly no, I mean, no you spend way. your whole day doing it. Yeah. But like for you, Jim, I mean, your shop is small. You could literally walk through that shop. How long would it take you to walk through that shop, say hi, touch somebody on the shoulder, ask them how they're doing, five minutes, 10 minutes? No, 30. It depends on the length of conversation that you yeah, have. Yeah, no, there's 12 people out there. There's Yeah, there's no way. Um, I think you could do it in a shorter period of time. Yeah, I'd have to focus. Well, on if he it. cuts out the shoulder touching. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, but the, got, someone's going to ask a question that's going to need me to do something, and so, okay, so you need to put those things in context, and if it's not something that you should be doing, you need to make sure you yes. communicate that, Tell and then they won't it. ask you the next time. But okay, so interesting about the shoulder touching. <laughs> so literally this morning. I had stitches taken out of my face because I had a melanoma, like melanoma removed. Oh, yeah, wow. And the doctor is very personable and asked me how I'm doing. He didn't have to be there when my stitches were taken out. Yeah, Like right. he didn't have to show up. And the nurse was like, well, he likes to kind of bless it and make sure that everything looks good. And I was like, oh, that's nice. And then I came out of the office and usually like that, once he makes his appearance with you, he's gone. Like you're not gonna see him. I came out of the office and he was still there. And I was like, I have a, Another quick question. What would you like to ask me? And he touched me on the shoulder. And I was like, you know, if I ever needed to have, I would go back to him. Like he was very endearing. But you know what? If you think about like the doctor that doesn't make the time for you. Yeah. It did not take him that much time to do it. For sure. You know what I mean? It took him an extra. He spent an extra couple minutes. You don't want to think that the guy who's doing medical stuff to you doesn't care about you as a person. Exactly. And you don't want your leader of your company, the owner of your company to think that they don't care about you either. For sure. And it literally takes, we're talking minutes here is all it takes per person. You know what I mean? But if you truly want to work the muscle below the muscle, like these are the things that you need to do. So the next one, number three, promote and cultivate friendships amongst your team members. So I saw a study on why people are leaving. And one of the biggest factors on why people didn't leave, why people were always going to be very loyal to that company was because of a lot of the familiar relationships with not you and your teammates, but just amongst each other. Yes, I agree to that. That makes sense. And I think to you as a leader can cultivate and promote those types of friendships. Yeah. I have six regions and the regional sales director from the West Coast region does the same type of job that the guy from the East Coast region does. And I encourage them to be in a group text and chatting each other up and like knowing each other's lives and stuff without me even in it. Like right. if they want to it's include like me, that's great. Yeah. Because yeah, like they, yeah. I want them to have a place where you know the yep. boss isn't there. Yep, and they can say whatever they think, and kind of like maybe even say, "Hey, we should probably bring this to Nick." Yeah, you know, I don't even need to be in the text, but it's important. And part of the reason why I'm doing this offsite is because I really want people to have genuine relationships yeah. and yep. friendships. Yep, and just obviously we got to keep it professional and we got to move forward and try to make the company successful and profitable and all that. But you can do that a lot better. I'll if be you curious have to see how that goes. Yeah, yeah, it'll be yeah, fun. you'll have to report back. Yeah. But I think, I mean, I've even told my team, they've chatted me, G-chatted me before, and yeah. they're like, hey, we want to 
buy lunch together, everybody. I'm like, okay, go ahead. Yeah, use my credit it, card. Yeah. yeah, that's fine. Yeah. And then they go to like this nicest place. No, they wouldn't do that. I mean, because like there's, a mu- there's mutual trust there. <laughs> I know, I'm they, wouldn't, they wouldn't do it. I've even told them before, like, hey, I can't make it to this margarita night. Like, just go without me. Like, yeah. use the company credit card and go sure. without me. And I think those things are important. Number four, and this is kind of a sticky one that maybe there's going to be a lot of discussion around. So be careful of prioritizing profit and achievements so much that you're push your people to leave. Now, this is me talking here, okay? You could have a company that that's the type of company that you are. Like, everything is profit. Everything is achievement. It's all about the numbers. Profit first, profit first. Yeah. Or like uh, Jack Welch, you know, the infamous like exactly. fire the low 10% performers every year. Exactly. And if that's Ugh. who you are, own it. Yeah. You know what I mean? If your only concern is profit and achievement, own that and make sure that people understand that. Well, you can have a good culture and still have that. So example would be like uh, the New England Patriots or some like really high performing sports team. Like you're not awesome. You don't play. Yeah, exactly. You don't make the team. Yep. And we're the highest level that there is and you have to perform at that level. If you want an easier, more relaxing life, you know, go play in the Canadian Football League or something like that. And right. I wouldn't <laughs> even say I wouldn't even say easy and more relaxing. And sometimes I would say it's hard to make the analogy to professional sports because they're professional athletes for just that reason. You know what I mean? But yeah, somebody could want to play football, soccer, baseball and say, you know what, I just want to be in the minor leagues rather than yeah. the major leagues, even though I'm good enough. I mean I run a Sales team, and I always relate sales to that because it's a high risk, high reward, high performance role. Yeah. There's a lot of money to be made, but you got to really bring it. And so the world needs accountants. The world needs kind of administrators and stuff where it's a little bit safer. Yep. I would say most people want to be more balanced in their life. For sure. There's a fine line with that profit versus culture. There is a fine line. I agree. I mean, there's a balance. Sometimes it's hard to get it in check. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. Because I feel guilty of that at some times too mostly over-culturing, over-compensating. Yep, and I'm probably the same way as you, Jim. Because then when it's time that the company needs to really ramp up and start making money, it's sometime we're in business to make money, right? Capitalism is what it's all about, right? Mm -hmm. Right now in this country, so far at least. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's why we're investing in our companies with time, effort, and money. Mm -hmm. And we're taking risk. So I believe that it's really a hard balance to balance culture versus running a business. I mean, you you can't have a company that's just strictly culture where everyone's, you know, oh, great, let's go out. Let's, you know, it's a difficult thing to balance. It is. Well, one of the things that I've said, we are a work hard company. I said that to you guys before. We try to minimize meetings. We get things done. But then we also put a high priority on doing some of that extracurricular stuff, too. Not where it would interfere with like the balance. We don't do it during the day. We can't do it in the day. Our customers expect to call us and they want to order, you yes. know, like end mills and taps. And, right. You've you know, gotta whatever. Be, we got we need to ship it out. You got to be responsive. Yeah, we got to be responsive. So we are a Monday through Friday, seven to five company, and we are working that entire time. We don't shut down for a day. The work hard, play hard thing, right? Work hard, play hard. Yeah, but every once in a while, we'll go out and we'll socialize. But you mentioned professional sports, Nick. So like we're kind of on this like Pilates theme. My Pilates coach actually has coached professional athletes Mm, cool, and the wives of professional athletes. And the one thing that I can tell you is that there's a lot of unhappiness there. Yeah, that's a high-risk, high-reward position. The wife of a professional athlete. There's a lot of unhappiness there. (laughs) I believe it. You know, and so you talk about like, okay, so... Like, hey, guess what? I got traded. We have to move to a new city 
freaking tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. So is achievement everything? And that's what... It's not for everybody. You need to make sure you are really clear with your team, like this is the type of company where you profit over everything or you're going to be able to live a more balanced life. And that's one of the reasons why I decided not to be a professional soccer player so I could focus more <laughs> That's on probably life. the only reason. <laughs> Just kidding. Probably wasn't Number even five. close to good enough. <laughs> <laughs> Number five, reward your people for success. So yeah. I created a BIP or a bonus incentive program because you got to share the wealth. You know what yeah. I mean? Oh, yeah. As little as it is, even if it's just a little bit, learn how to share the wealth. And I think that that's going to become increasingly important in 2022 because there's inflation and there's all these things that are going on where material prices are going up, your profit margin should be going up, share it with your people as much as you can. And I would even suggest that I did it on an annual basis, but I want to try to partition that down to like smaller periods, like either monthly or quarterly, because I think people need to see a piece of that as often as possible. Yeah, I get that. I like the quarterly thing too. So that's something I instituted last year with the regional guys is there's a quarterly incentive. We're still on annual with the head of product, like my business development leaders that lead every business unit. And Noah, my older brother, who's our president, and I have been talking about like, how do we bring that to quarterly too? But you have to be careful, man. Like you got to build it in so that both sides win. And it's not always cut and dry and easy to do that with no, it's not. bonus incentives. So. The thing is too, you have to be very careful of is once you give somebody something they're always going to be looking for that same That's thing. why you make it based on your success as a company. Right. right. So you're not giving anything, they're yeah. earning it. Yeah. Right. And one of the books I read is a book called New Sales Simplified. And it talks about using pro sales language. Like, I'm giving you this many commissions. Like, you're not. You're earning that much commission. You know, mm-hmm. if you're giving it, then you got to change something because they probably yeah. didn't earn it. You know, or when the salesperson says, those are my accounts. Well, it's like, no, you're managing these accounts for the company. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Changing right. the language. Yeah, for sure. Number six, believe in your mission and align everyone to that mission. So for us, our mission is to serve people who make great things. Mm-hmm. And we supply them with tooling and metalworking supplies. That's what we do. And we need to have people that have that servant mindset and can align with that mission and align with the vision that we have. And I think if your people are not aligned with that, you're going to have people that are going to want to leave. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And for you, Jim, your people, you're making aerospace parts. And I don't know exactly how to articulate your mission, but if your people are not in tune with the reason why they're doing that, then that could be a problem and a reason why they would leave to go somewhere else. This is something Noah constantly talks about. What the, the Golden Ring mission is to make our customers successful. How we do that differs based on what business mm-hmm. unit it is. But he really wants to emphasize like the customer isn't just the end person who, who actually sent us the PO. It's mm-hmm. everyone that you serve your product to. Yep. So, you know, we serve this recording to our editors who edit it down and like get it ready. And we have to do that in a way where they understand what, you know, okay, let's put our sponsors in here and let's edit out this stupid part that doesn't need to be part of the episode and all that. Like they're our customer, they're next in line. Mm -hmm. And so he talks a lot about, okay, there's a lot of different types of customers. I think we actually did an episode on it, but yeah. I remember that. If your mission statement's just a plaque on the wall, oh yeah, and you don't actually like, like live the Dunder it. Mifflin mission statement, <laughs> L- limitless paper for a paperless world. Right. <laughs> right. I love it. That's so dumb. So number seven, and this is going to be a little bit probably more controversial in this room. Be humble and treat everyone as equals. So from my interaction in the leadership world, I would contend that most leaders think that they're just better people than the people that they lead. Do you think that's a pretty accurate statement? Say that again. Most leaders, they think they're better. So smarter, more talented. I would say a lot of them look down upon the people that they lead and manage. Yeah, I think there's a lot of that out there for sure. I've grown up with some really good leaders. I've had some bad ones as well. So there's definitely that 
the boss versus leader and all those like mm-hmm. memes you see online and everything. There's definitely that out there, but I think it takes a lot of practice to create a culture where everybody truly does see themselves as equals. That's not easy. There's a hierarchy and there's a degree to which, you know, you answer to this person, but like you need to treat yourself humbly and as a person. Yeah, well, equal as a person. I think in companies, there's people who are like, well, this person puts more into it. He's more dedicated. He works later hours. He travels more, whatever it might be. And so he's kind of more invested. He's putting more in and that's why he has the position he has or she has the position she has or whatever. But there's other people who are like, you know, not willing to make that big of a sacrifice for whatever their reason is that where they're at with their family or whatever. And that's okay. Like not everybody needs to be the president of the company. Right. So you don't, you don't want a bunch of people just kind of like towing the line and being lame, but you need to understand, like meet people where they're at, love them anyway. And just because you're maybe more driven or more or more motivated doesn't mean you're better than them. Yep. I agree. Number eight would be inspire people to be better. So I think that one of the things that we talk about a lot at Zangers is continuous improvement. So how do we help our clients to continuously improve? How do we help them with their metalworking applications to solve problems and make more parts? But I think you can also do that with your people. So how do you inspire your people to be better? You can help them to get more training, help them to move up in their position. You can inspire them during the meetings. Jim, you talk about like the way you close out your meetings. You put a lot of emphasis on that emotional connection. But I think just having that inspirational motivation and not just treating your people like a cog in the wheel is is very important. Yeah. And one thing where you can kind of create the impetus for to perform and like make sure the homework has been done is to make them present. Mm. My brother and I have been talking about this a lot. Like someone says, oh, I've got this new initiative that's important. You're like, okay, that's great. You're going to present it in a week in front of a lot of people. Now, all of a sudden, it's going to be a lot more solid. That's powerful. Yep. I've thought about that a lot too with like our team health meetings. So like, you know, one of the things that you talked about was you don't want to be just the only talking head during a meeting. Well, when I go on vacation, I ask my team to lead those meetings themselves and I'll try to direct somebody else to be the leader. Well, I should probably do that more often. You know what I mean? Inspire them to learn how to lead a meeting because, you know, a lot of my team, I would say the most of them are not necessarily comfortable with leading a meeting, but they should be comfortable. It's not a big deal. It shouldn't be that intimidating. We just did an episode on it. So listen to that one. (laughs) It's not easy. No, it takes a certain skill set. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. You just have to lower those expectations and have them learn. And the last one would be, and you know this, you can't do this with your entire team or your entire company, but coach your people in all facets that they can come to you, even if it's for something personal in nature. So like be their friend. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? I've had a lot of people over the years come to me about personal things that they're struggling with and I'm, doors always open to be able to have those kind of discussions. Again, it promotes that, that stickiness. It promotes that you're part of a group that you don't want to leave. And I think that that's really important this year and how to promote that, that great culture. Sure. And when people do leave, you want them to leave and say, you know, I left for these reasons, but that's a great company back there. Like I would recommend them, you know, I'd give them a bunch of stars on Glassdoor or whatever it is. And when somebody leaves, on the other hand, you want them to know that like as a company, you didn't like talk crap about them. Yeah. You know, that you cared for them through that process too. And that could be another good episode to have a discussion about too, is like how to exit people. Yeah. Yeah. um, That's a good, how to part ways amicably. Yep. So that's it. I mean, I just wanted to come up with a bunch of real easy things that you can change in 2022 to really just double down on your people, double down on your culture and just like slight little changes. Even if you grab like one or two of them that you can start doing, I think it could have a big impact on your business. Absolutely. I think if I look back at kind of, you know, your notes here and, and what we talked about, be humble and treat everyone as equals. 
I need to understand where I'm at and how I'm wired is that necessarily <laughs> how everybody else is. That one is hard. Yeah. And also set the bar for like, okay, for this position, you have to be really, really driven. So mm-hmm. make sure that anyone who's in that position is that. Now, there's other places in the company where you can be really effective. We had an employee who was going to leave and she was in a really high demand position and it was stressing her out. She was going to leave and, and go get another job. And then there was another job available. My older brother said, hey, this would be a, a position where we think you could add a lot of value. It's less stressful. Would you want to take it? Because you didn't want to lose her. Yeah. She stayed. She's so much happier now. Everything's better. It was just a position change because like the demands of that position she was in, which is something where she was at in life, she didn't want. So if you're not creating culture, you're not making chips. If you're not making chips, you're not making money. Bam, bam. bam. Thanks for listening to the Making Chips podcast. Jim and Jason knew that the metalworking nation, the community of world-class makers, needed to commit to a new way of leading to stay ahead of the competition. So, Making Chips was created to fill that void, to give you advice from other manufacturing leaders who can push you to take action. Your manufacturing challenges have a solution. And many of them are at makingchips.com. Come